When I saw in the right, then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. <coughs> and, you <coughs> and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked. And I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Well, Revelation chapter 5 is the focus this morning as we continue our series in Revelation and uh, thank you, Margaret, for reading that to us. If Margaret's still here, I think she's just been very well. Um, Jesus is worthy is the title today. The greatness of Jesus. Jesus is the only one who is worthy. The only one who could open that scroll. And in this, this passage, we see that Jesus is worshipped for his greatness. And there are times when we do recognise and honour people in our society. Uh, a big one, of course, is around Anzac Day, where we, uh, we stop. We remember those who have, who have served us uh, in war to protect us or, uh, of course, to bring us peace. 
And so we're thankful for their sacrificial service. So what do we do? We line up in the streets and we acknowledge uh, those uh, who, have, who have served us in such a special way, given up so much. Not that they were perfect, but that they did go and, and they went and, and gave so much, many of them carrying scars of, of the experience of war. And we remember, and of course, many go to Anzac Day morning services, dawn services, and that's a, a wonderful uh, thing to do, to remember and to, to praise and honour people. Uh, and sometimes it's, it's not only the, the big parades, but sometimes we do do awards for small service. Sometimes it's something quite local, a local recognition of an individual service or efforts. I believe this is in yes, this uh, little procedure here of recognising someone's service. Uh, and so we do small little recognitions and then there are big awards as well. Uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. I have the photo there from 2016. Does anyone know who won the Peace Prize in 2016? That guy. Yeah. Anyone know what country he may have come from? It is a South American country. Colombia, uh, instrumental in the bringing about the end of, of peace, well, bringing this conflict, civil war, for, for, for many generations. Uh, and so we recognise that gentleman. That's a very good question. <laughs> I didn't write it down. That's homework for you to investigate. Someone might get their phone out now. Yeah, that's right. Peter, you would know. You're an educated man. Oh, Okay. <laughs> stumped everyone I was going to write it down in my notes but uh, I read about him but I don't want to get his name wrong but yes, a Colombian man so we do recognise achievement and service as part of people being people we recognise other people and that's from young to old we still recognise achievement but we as God's creation we have been created to recognise our God to recognise our creator, the greatness of our God, to bring our glory and honour, not to people, but to God. To acknowledge that God deserves our glory and honour for His beautiful and glorious creation. To thank Him for making us and the breath that we have in our lungs. To thank Him for His kindness and love that He shows to us. To thank Him for the daily bread that He provides for us. We are to give our glory and honour to God. And what do we see in Revelation chapter 4 and 5? We see a picture of God's throne. God's very throne in heaven. We see a picture of people and God's creation, angelic beings, all these things coming together to worship God on His throne. To worship God's greatness. And it is evident in this picture that God's greatness is far beyond the greatness of anything else, anyone else. God is the powerful one, He is perfect, and He is holy. And we see these words at the start of chapter 4, just before our reading, where it said, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. 
And John is continued throughout chapter 4 to have this vision, this picture, this experience of God's throne room and how great God is. In fact, John is not able to describe, um, sorry, John is not able to describe John. He's only able to describe the things around the throne of God. Uh, he can only describe the, the glorious light and splendor that, that comes from around God's throne and all these creatures that, that are worshipping around the throne of God. This radiant glow that exists of God's greatness. And in that place on His throne, it is clear that God is praised. He is glorified because He is good. We see God the Father on the throne. And on that throne in chapter 5 at the start, He had a scroll. A scroll with seven seals on it. And the search is, is, is given for anyone who can open up this scroll. This scroll full of the words of God. And no one is found that is worthy to open up this scroll. No person, no angelic being, even the mighty one that speaks, no one is found who is worthy. No king, no emperor, no president on the earth. No other so-called religious leader is found who is worthy. No uh, forces of evil, there's no mention of the devil as being worthy here, of course. No one but Jesus is found who is worthy. No one at all. We see that in these verses. Verse 2, And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud verse, Who is worthy to break the seals and open up the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. The search goes out. Who could open this wonderful scroll full of God's words? Could anyone in heaven open it up? All those angelic beings? No. What about on the earth? Surely there's someone worthy on earth who could open it up. No. No one on earth is found to be worthy. And what about those that have died? Those that are, are, are under the earth? No. No one is found who is worthy to open up this scroll of God's. And what does John do? He starts to weep. Verse 4, I wept and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or even look inside it. He was weeping. O ongoing weeping. We get, he wept and he wept. He is so sad because no one was found who was worthy enough to undertake God's will. No one could carry on God's work. No one could set things right. Something that John was longing for, for God's will to be done, and no one was found to be worthy. And so he's in that state of weeping. But then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. They're one who, is, who has triumphed. They're one who is victorious, and that, of course, is Jesus. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, a different imagery to Jesus, the, the powerful one, mighty, roaring with power, from that line of David's, that Masonic line, that, that line of, of kingship, of God's promised one, and Jesus fulfills it all. And so all the focus now turns to Jesus Christ 
And that's exactly where our focus should be. But the reality of living in this world is that we don't always look up to the throne room of God. And our world is so full of distractions. The hype on the media these days, a little comic I've put up there, uh, looks like a few news crews are coming to examine, who's that on there? Chicken Little, the sky is falling in. It's a bit of a, and it says, another day of clueless media hype. <laughs> but so much of the media these days, it's, they get the most shocking stories and they present us before us. The, what's before the police or before the courts and they're trying to get a reaction out of us. They're trying to get us worked up. They're trying to get us so fixated on the news that we'll keep turning back and keep looking at it. They'll make a, a half-truth and they'll, they'll exaggerate it to be some huge thing. They'll have a very biased view on, on how this is so important and how it so really matters and how we have to stay focused on it. How many countless news articles have we seen over the last month about Donald Trump? So much. There have been so many people that have just read article after article about Donald Trump. And it's a distraction. And we can just get caught in this cycle of just getting caught up in the hype and it takes our distraction. It can be a huge distraction. And our focus in life, it's not to be on current events. It's good to be aware of what's taking place. But we're not supposed to be so focused on events that we take our focus off Jesus. And then there are people that can take our focus. Celebrities, movie and TV stars. You could probably name quite a few uh, who are considered celebrities. Politicians, important politicians, sports stars, business celebrities, uh, worldly royalty, wealthy people. We consider these people to be celebrities. And so many people focus on the celebrities and they put the attention on them, start talking about them, even following their movements, even trying to copy what they're doing at times. But why? They're just people. There's nothing significant about them. And it can be a huge distraction for us once again. We can get on to focusing on people rather than on our Creator. So, a question for us. Who do you worship? And the way that we spend our time, it's a, it's a question that we need to ask because that shows where our worship is. Our time, our energy, our skills, our money, uh, all that we are, our abilities. It's a reality check of what really matters to us in how we invest who we are and what we are. Because our time can be spent on ourselves, trying to get that pleasure in the things of this life. Our time and effort can be focused on pleasing other people, whether that be our parents or um, our children or even our um, uh, something in the, in the workplace, trying to please others can be a huge distraction for us. And other times it's about money and objects, things that don't last. But who are we called to worship? Jesus, the one who's on the throne, the one who reigns in heaven. This whole chapter, chapter 5, is a reminder that our focus, our worship, our everything should be focused completely on Jesus. 
And the one central point that is throughout is that Jesus is completely worthy of our praise. Jesus is the only one that is worthy. The only one that should be honoured and praised and glorified. Because Jesus has overcome the world. All right, it's time for me to do my little reveal, which I've promised to do. A challenge from Todd and Sharon from at the start. I'm going to keep going. So I need a volunteer today to come uh, for, uh, for this reveal today. Well, I need a volunteer. Anyone else? Judy? Okay. All right, well, it was a shame it wasn't one of the... You can move, it, move that aside a bit. No, well, you might. Um, it is sort of a girly thing that I've got to open up today. Uh, it's, one of the boys might have been embarrassed if I got them to open up. But a, a farmer could be helpful in this one. But uh, anyway, we'll see. It's a, yeah, it's, that's right. You don't even have to undo the ribbon. You'd Oh, you better bring it out. They won't guess. Oh, it's not even a sheep. What is it? A little lamb. Okay. And what's on this piece of paper here? Another little lamb. Can you read that? Look at the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Oh. John 1.29. There we go. Wonderful. No, that's it. No more presents this morning. What was that verse in John 1, 29? Yeah, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Something that's already been declared in John chapter 1, verse 29. He did. It was John the Baptist who declared those words. And so a lamb. Okay, the farmers out there, are lambs strong? Little lambs. Anthony, what do you think? Those little tiny lambs? No, they're not strong. Would you say that they were innocent? Haven't done too much wrong yet? Yeah, they haven't. They've just been born into the... How many choices have they had to make? Yeah, they're lambs. They're not a picture of strength, are they? And yet that is the image that the Lord Jesus presents himself in the throne room of heaven. A lamb. A little lamb. It's quite incredible to think that Jesus would take that image to reveal to us. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing at the center of the throne, God's throne, encircled by all of the heavenly beings, praising Jesus. Jesus here is depicted as the lamb, the innocent lamb that was slain, slain, of course, to take away our sins, standing at the center of the throne, and we've already seen God the Father was on the throne, Jesus here, the lamb is there, and God's Spirit is also depicted 
we see God three in one on the throne or amongst the throne. A beautiful picture. And who takes the scroll? Who's going to be the mighty one that comes forward and takes forward the scroll from God's hand? Who is it? Jesus. In what image of Jesus? No, not the lion. The lamb. It's the lamb. Jesus, this innocent lamb. This little lamb that we would think does not symbolize power. It does not symbolize greatness. And yet this lamb that was slain, is obviously alive again, goes and takes the scroll. And as he takes the scroll, it is evident that he is the worthy one and he is praised amongst all of heaven. Wonderful words of praise with a new song because there is going to be a new work of God that takes place. Verses 9 and 10, and they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons of every tribe and language and people and nations and have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our gods and they will reign on the earth. What wonderful words of praise. And where does it all come back to? It comes back to the cross. It comes back that Jesus died for us. The, the significance of the cross is huge, what Jesus has done, because he died for us on that cross. His blood was spilt for us. Because, as we see here, people were purchased for God with the precious blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we're given a new identity in the kingdom of God as priests to serve our gods with promises for the future of reigning. We have been blessed in Jesus and how he has triumphed on the cross. And so there is worship songs in heaven because Jesus has accomplished so much on the cross. He is the victorious one. And then it continues. How many angels then turn to worshiping Jesus? Well, it says thousands upon thousands. A great multitude of angels then turn and worship and they sing these, these words that we have in other worship songs that I'm sure that we've sung before. Worthy is the Lamb, the Lamb Jesus Christ who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Worship to our Lord Jesus. He was the one who is worthy. And so he receives all these words of praise. It's for Jesus to receive the power. Jesus is that lamb that's been sacrificed to receive the wealth and the wisdom and the strength and the honor and the glory and praise. Words of blessing to the worthy one, Jesus Christ. And if it's not enough for all of heaven to rejoice about what Jesus has come, it then turns to all of creation. Every single creature, every part of creation bowing down in worship. I heard in heaven, sorry, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. All of creation worshiping gods. 
every single knee will bow down one day. It's a picture of God the Father being worshipped and the Lamb, Jesus Christ, being recognized for his greatness. And this is the third song of praise in heaven in the the throne room of God. You might recall Philippians 2, 9 to 11. That's a, a similar reference to what will take place one day. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We see a picture of what will take place one day. It's not currently like that. Every single person does not at this current day acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and give him the glory. But when Jesus returns, they will. When Jesus comes back, they will acknowledge Jesus' greatness. And for some, it will be too late when they bow down because they have failed to recognize Jesus here and now. But for us in Jesus, we will look forward to that day and it will be a wonderful day. So who is being worshipped on the throne in this passage? Jesus, absolutely. And why is he worshipped? Worthy. Yeah, because Jesus is worthy. Was anyone else found that is worthy? No one. And so that's a reminder for us to take Jesus seriously. Jesus, the worthy one, the risen one, the one who has conquered this world who was overcome on the cross. Here we go. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. They say, you take that Jesus thing too seriously. Well, I don't know. But Christ, that's Jesus Christ, took me pretty seriously when he died for me on the cross. Can we take Jesus too seriously? No, of course not. Jesus isn't just something that we sort of add a little bit to our lives When we get a hold of Jesus and the fact that he gave up his life for us, we embrace all of Jesus, all that he is, and we give our lives up to following him. Jesus, the one that's worshipped in heaven, he is worthy of our praise. Jesus was victorious on the cross, and we see that as he is worshipped in heaven on the throne of God, the one who was able to take that, that, that sealed scroll, and open it to carry out God's plans to set everything right and that's what the scroll is all about it's about God's will coming to pass and Jesus is the only one who was found who was worthy Jesus is victorious we are blessed as a result and it's about us taking Jesus seriously now in every aspect of our life and we are called to worship Jesus Christ and that's indeed why we gather at church is to worship Jesus and to sing words of praise. And this is a whole chapter about worshipping Jesus, and that's what we're called to do. Jesus is worthy of our worship. We are to worship Jesus all the time. In songs, in our words, in our actions, in everyday living, we're all about worshipping Jesus because he is magnificent. It's about getting a hold of the words of Jesus, living them out in worship. It's about saying, Jesus, you are worthy and I am going to live as you, as the worthy one in my life. And it's about telling others as well that we have a worthy one, Jesus, and we want you to know him as well. 
taking the good news out to others. So tell me, does this chapter actually tell us to do anything? Does this chapter tell people to do anything? Well, it does. It encourages worship, but does it tell us to do anything in this world? Apart from that, no. It's not about doing, doing, doing. Sometimes we think we can impress God by doing, 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 striving, striving, striving. This whole chapter is a reminder that we're to stop. Stop, and in fact, I'd say the book of Revelation is so much a reminder for us to stop before the greatness of God, before the worthiness of Jesus and to acknowledge that Jesus is our Lord. And as we stop and realize that God is God, that Jesus is in control, then what do we receive? A blessing. We receive blessings as we acknowledge that God is God and He is good. He gives us good things. We receive out of His goodness. And so it's not all about doing, it's about stopping and receiving. And that's so counter to human nature. We want to do, we want to work, we want to achieve. We think that we can take over the world of where we just put our hands to it and our minds to it. I can do that. I can earn lots of money. I can have the successful business. I can do this. But what are we called to do as God's creation? To stop and to worship and to receive from God. And yet we go... Power on, power on, power on. Let's do, we can do it. And we miss the whole point that we've been created to worship, to acknowledge that Jesus is our Saviour and to give Him our attention. It's a reminder to slow down and to worship and to trust that Jesus will set everything right in His timing. Because as we're going to look on in Revelation, the Lamb will do mighty things and order things to happen that will set all things right. And it's about all the mess, all the sin, all the stuff that's wrong with this world being undone and a glorious future to come. Let us worship Jesus now. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we worship you this morning. We come to praise you as the God three in one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We come to declare, Lord Jesus, that you are worthy because you died on that cross. You were slain so that our sin would be paid for. Help us to acknowledge your greatness. Help us to remember you each day, to stop from the busyness and to acknowledge that you are God and that we need you in our lives. And Lord, may you bless us as we worship you and may you give us your peace and the joy that only you can give. So we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen.